Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning, and today my guest is Rachel Bernson, who is an Alexander Technique teacher in New Haven, Connecticut, and Rye, New York. She works with a wide variety of students, but she does have uh, a background in dance, and she's taught uh, the Alexander Technique and Contemporary Dance at Yale University, Wesleyan University, Texas Women's University and Connecticut College, to name some. And uh, she also is, as a dancer and choreographer, her work has been presented throughout New York City, nationally and internationally. And we're going to talk today about the role of the Alexander Tech, the role the Alexander Technique uh, can play in making stretching more efficient, making it possible for you to stretch in a way that you don't work against yourself when you stretch. You don't tighten while trying to release. And we're going to talk specifically about hamstrings as as an example of that. Uh, Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Well, it's a pleasure talking to you. Uh, could you, before we get into the conversation, could you just tell our listeners what this Alexander Technique thing is we're going to be talking about? Well, when I have to describe the, the technique to, to people who've never heard of it, um, I, I really let them know that it's a form of movement re-education and that it helps people become more aware of postural habits or patterns that might be interfering with easy movement and it it helps them you know learn to move with without those patterns just for more mobility right greater ease right and it's something that you learn from a teacher and that you learn to use for yourself ultimately Right, right right it's meant to be taught right and traditionally it's uh taught in an individualized session um, and then it's it's for you to apply in your everyday life. So ultimately, it's meant for you uh, to be able to do it with without the aid of a teacher. Right. Now, when I think of stretching, uh, I, I go to a health club pretty much every day for swimming. And I see people stretching a lot. Uh, in the steam room, I see them stretching. I see people in the weight room stretching. And... Um, so it's something that a lot of people do. A lot of people are told they should be doing it before they get involved in any kind of heavy-duty exercise. But at the same time, I have seen some studies that have been conducted that say that stretching is not such a good thing. And it could actually harm you if it's done wrong. I, I assume you've seen some of those? And- I have. I mean, there is some research out there that says that stretching can actually hamper um, strength. So, so that if that if you do stretching before exercising, that you lose some some of that firing potential of your muscles. Right. I think it depends a little bit on maybe what kind of activity you're you're doing. But also I mean I, I do think that over stretching without having warmed your body up first or even stretching before warming up can be harmful. It's, I think it's better to start with a cardiovascular warm-up. But then, you know, there's research that shows that that actually isn't necessary. 
But personally, as someone who moves a lot and has for most of my life, I find uh, great benefit in a cardiovascular warm-up or, a, or walking for 10 minutes. You know, mm-hmm. So it doesn't have to be high intensity before, before I stretch. Oh, I see. Okay. And I would think also that when people talk about stretching as sort of a generic term, uh, there's where the Alexander technique could come in because mm-hmm. because the, the emphasis of, of our work is on how you do things. And certainly stretching is something you do. And I would, I'm not much of a stretcher myself, but I could imagine that there are some ways to do it that could be harmful or not so harmful or very helpful, no matter what kind of a warm-up you have. And I would imagine the Alexander Technique could be very useful in, in getting better results. Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that um, one of the things that Alexander Technique can help a person identify is how they're using themselves in their everyday life and how, you know, the way that you're sitting, the way that you're walking um, impacts, uh, you know, the, the quality of your, of your muscle or, you know, whether or not those muscles are tight all day, you know, impacts then your ability to release those muscles when you're stretching. So what you're doing all day impacts, um, you know, your, your flexibility, your range of motion. And so I think that's really a strength of the Alexander technique is it looks at basic movement activities and helps you, uh, you know, really start to learn to use yourself more efficiently and that that in itself actually increases your range of motion. Um, and that that has really important applications for, you know, what you do at the gym, you know, how you sit, how you stand, you know, absolutely is directly related to your, you know, how you exercise, how you stretch, how you go through your yoga class and how well you're able to, you know, actualize, uh, you know, your, your, your yoga postures or, um, or just basic stretching. Right. So it, it probably doesn't make sense for someone to think of the Alexander technique as a tool just to be used when you're stretching. It's really about how right. you do it's everything. A much, it's a much more holistic approach. Right. Um, and that is so important because um, I think that, you know, at this point in time, even um, a physical therapist or other practitioners um, are able to, you know, tell their clients the same thing. You know, that it's what you're doing all day that impacts your flexibility, your range of motion. Um, But Alexander Technique can take that a step further and really help you change the way you're doing your everyday activities. As opposed to just simply identifying for you that your posture gets in the way of freeing your hamstrings. right? Right? We can take it to the next level and say really teach you how to move um, with greater ease so that you're not contracting your hamstrings for eight hours a day, you know, when you're at work or when you're commuting in the car. Um, we, we can actually help you, you know, re-educate yourself about how you move in, in your everyday. 
So th that would mean that when you came to actually do some stretching, perhaps before a, a workout of some kind, the amount of stretching you'd need to do, or let's say the effort to make whatever amount of stretching, would be less because you already would be less constricted than you would otherwise um, be. Well, that that would be a choice that you could make, but I think what what you what um, what you will do if you have you know the um, skills in the Alexander work and you're applying the principles um, is that you know you bring that a different set of skills to your stretching regimen, mm -hmm. and I think yes, you are doing you are doing less. Mm -hmm to do the same thing because I think what happens is that we bring a whole lot of effort to stretching. So if we look at hamstrings, since that's our central focus, um, you know, for a lot of people, our hamstrings are intractable, you know, they're very, very tight. And so right. when I go to the gym, I see what I see is people trying to stretch their hamstrings, but really what they're doing is, um, kind of contracting the muscles of the back and the neck and pulling pulling their heads down a little bit. So it's it's a lot of tightening in order in the rest of their body in order to try to isolate and stretch one set of muscles. But we know that you know our our muscles are you know um, not isolated things that they are part of a complex support system. You know, the, right? And that the muscles are all connected. So that if I can teach someone to release in their torso right, and free the muscles of their back a little and release their neck and free up their head a little bit, that I can really help them profoundly change the way that they're stretching their hamstrings. Um, and because they're not so tense in the rest of their bodies, they're not holding their breath, they're not, you know, you know, thinking, I can't wait till this is over. <laughs> right, they're, right. they're, they're letting their breath be freer and they're releasing into the activity with a little more pleasure maybe a little less pain um and getting to starting to understand that even when we're trying to stretch one part of our body that we really need to be attending to our whole body in doing that and that is just so crucial uh for effective release in stretching yeah i would i would imagine i mean the, if there's one thing you learn being an Alexander teacher or Alexander student pretty quickly is that everything is connected with everything else. And yes. any attempt to sort of pull out one little part of you and refurbish it without um, without taking into the account the effects of that on the rest of you is is not likely to be terribly useful. And could even be harmful. It, yeah, I th that's absolutely right. So the more we can be aware, kinesthetically aware mm -hmm. of of what we're doing, you know, of of what we're doing as a whole psychophysical being, as a whole mind body. What we can, you know, even even just simply, the more we can be aware of where we might be tensing in other places when we're trying to stretch our hamstrings, the more successful we can be. Um, at actually reaching the goal of stretching the hamstrings. Mm -hmm. and, um, and also, I would think that uh, if you're, if you're um, 
if you if you have learned how to not compress harmfully the rest of you while you do let's say hamstring stretches mm -hmm. that you're going to be way way more sensitive to what's going on with the hamstrings stretches yes i and, think that's and true and you're less likely to do something that might harm you or hurt you and you're more likely to do an amount that will in fact be useful yes I, I work with I do work with my clients with my students um, on stretching exercises because I do have students who are um, you know going to physical therapy for various reasons who are rehabilitating from an injury or from hip replacement surgery what have you mm -hmm. and so I work with those students. And I, we go over their, their PT exercises or the stretches that they've been given. And I also sometimes give them stretches. And, and it's, so, it's such a wonderful thing to do in an Alexander lesson because what always happens is that when they release in their, you know, when they start to kind of release the muscles of the back, when they start, when they stop tensing their neck and their shoulders, um, and they get more, you know, more ease in their whole system that they always experience a much more intense stretch or release in the part that they're trying to pinpoint. So if it, for example, is a hamstring stretch, they can very, very quickly access that part of themselves once they've stopped tightening in the neck and shoulders or released in the back or softened in their hip joints or stop locking their knees, that they immediately get a very different quality of release. Right. Um, and do you and, mm -hmm. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. And I just think that that's really important for people to experience uh, on a kinesthetic level because mm -hmm. I have a, a student in particular who's in his mid-70s and who's had hip re a hip replacement about a year ago. And I work with him with his exercises and his stretches, you know, he's, he's, in the, he's strengthening that side of his body. Mm -hmm. um, and he's not someone who had much experience with stretching throughout his life. And he's, but he's doing it now because he wants to be healthy. And he, um, and in, in working on his stretches with me, he's coming to a new understanding of what stretching is and the sensations that accompany it. Because he actually thought, uh, and this is how he expressed it to me, that stretching was this thing that was extremely effortful and mostly painful and something just to, you know, bear down and get through. Mm -hmm. um, and so inevitably he always, you know, tightened and kind of bore down to stretch. Right. So when I helped him understand that stretching is actually the experience of releasing and lengthening and, um, you know, and, and that it can be a very different and pleasurable experience, you know, then that helped him uh, take a very different, um, have a very different understanding and then experience in doing these exercises. Right. And I would think another area where you would run into the same kind of thing is um, people who do yoga who are often asked to do asanas that require quite a stretch. 
mm-hmm. and often a, a lot more than they're used to. And of course, yoga comes out of a tradition or a culture where people did tend to be more flexible, I think, in, in India and places like that. And so you have to be, you know, you have to be a little careful approaching those. Mm-hmm. And I would guess that, um, uh, well, I, I don't guess because I've actually worked with people with that, that mm-hmm. it makes a, a huge difference if they if they apply some basic Alexander principles to, to those movements. Absolutely. Yeah. And because yoga is very, you know, it, it can, it's very complex. Right. And it's a combination of stretching and strengthening usually. Right. Right. You know, in its, in this traditional forms. I mean, there's many forms. Um, but I think it's absolutely essential whether you're a beginning yogi or an advanced yogi to really be aware of how you're using yourself yeah. and to be conservative in your approach to it. Um, and again, to understand that, you know, what you do all day, if you sit at a desk all day, um, and how you sit really more than what you do, how you sit is going to impact your, your ability to execute, you know, a, a yoga posture or to successfully get yourself through a yoga class. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and to get the benefits, and to get the benefits. And to get the full benefits of that, um, the, yeah. health, the, the health, benefit, digestion, whatever, you, you really need to be looking after your whole self. In, Absolutely. In doing, so the more this. you can, the more you can attend, because yoga is 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 very challenging, and I think our tendencies when when we're faced with um, a physical challenge, you know, is maybe to tighten in the jaw. Or, mm-hmm. um, you know, tighten our shoulders or lock our joints, you know, because we really, we want to work hard. We want to do it right. And that, especially in a yoga class where you're already faced with a really complex set of activities, right. a lot of them might be new to you. You've never seen them before if it's a new class or you're new to the form, is to really be aware of how you're responding, you know, to the what in Alexander technique, you know, we call it, you know, responding to stimuli, to stimulus, being, you know, really aware of your desire in class to get it right, to do it well. And, um, you know, having, having a sense that you need to work really hard to achieve this posture. Um, you know, when you actually have more choice than you think that there's also this possibility that you could ease into it, that you could do a little less and see mm-hmm. what happens, mm-hmm. right? That exactly. you could free yeah. your shoulders and soften your joints and, you know, you realize that you're not going to fall out of your downward dog by doing so. Right. And basically um, paying attention to process, paying, paying attention, attention to yourself, to process. the process and what you're doing. And as you say, most people, the typical response to a challenge is to, push through it somehow you know just work work harder and this is in a way i guess you could say work smarter yeah 
Let's yeah, see. when working harder, I think is for yeah. my student who I was using as an example, I think that he thought he had to work really hard right. to, to do his stretches and he was doing, you know, multiple repetitions of these stretches mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he ended up hurting himself right, a right. little bit yeah. in doing so. And so we really had to find another way in and help him, you know, really have really gain, a, you know, a new kinesthetic experience of stretching. And I think that's true in yoga too, you know, and in any exercise regimen, we were taught that feeling the burn, you know, is where we want to get to, you know, that that's Mm -hmm. a goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I don't think we need to rely on those kind of intense sensations always to tell us that we're doing something correctly. Exactly. And I think that can be yeah. Yeah. that can be confusing for people um, who are used to, for myself as a dancer, used to ha- um, having that in- kind of intense sensation of work in mm-hmm. my muscles to tell me if I was doing something right. Um, and I, I so I, it can be it can be unsettling sometimes if you're not having a, a kind of barrage of sensations around. Mm-hmm. effort but but you're still doing the same thing but it doesn't feel like it it doesn't feel like you're doing a lot right um, but yeah. i think we yeah. really can accomplish these same activities with a lot less effort and accompanying that is is a different kinesthetic kinesthetic feedback which is just le- simply less the right. feedback of less effort yeah yeah we're we're getting uh probably towards the end of our conversation is there anything that you want to mention before we come to an end um well i there i don't i mean i i think that um that stretching you know and yoga are these are all things that i engage in myself and that i work with my students doing and um you know, I really encourage people to look at it as a, a process-oriented activity, as a pleasurable activity, as something that they can do that helps them to feel good, mm-hmm. um, as opposed to, you know, looking at it as something, as, as kind of a, a goal to, to accomplish, you know, something that, to really look at it as a process, because gaining more flexibility you know, is a combination of stretching and strengthening and, you know, using yourself well. And that takes time. Right. That really yeah. takes time. So I, I just encourage people to kind of revel in the process. It can be an incredibly interesting process if you take it that way also. I, absolutely. A- and you can have a lot of fun. Yes. And it's not, uh, yeah, it's not unpleasant typically so um uh i guess this will be a good place to bring our conversation to an end uh, my guest has been rachel bernson who's an alexander technique teacher in new haven connecticut and rye new york so if anything that we've talked about intrigues you and you live in the new haven or rye area um, I'll put a link to Rachel's website by the interview. I'll also put a link to a website where you can learn more about the Alexander Technique and find a teacher uh, elsewhere in the in the world, teachers elsewhere in the world. Rachel, thank you so much for being on the show today. 
Thank you, Robert. It was great to be here.